This is the Indesa Members Memo, a podcast of the National Drug and Alcohol Screening Association. Indesa is 100% member-owned and is your industry voice. Here we go. Oh, I have to say okay. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indesa Members Memo. Today, I am so excited to be interviewing Samantha Morris again from Chemnet in Montana. We talked to Samantha a couple weeks ago. Um, Samantha, is it okay if I call you Sam? Please do. I, I was only Samantha when I was in trouble. Okay, so we've got <laughs> me too. I'm a Mary Jo. I, I, the whole rest yeah. of my life, I was JoJo. So we got Sam and Joe, two ladies here. <laughs> that are- yeah. They're coming at you, and um, we love all of our listeners for National Drug and Alcohol Screening Association. I'm Joe McGuire, the Executive Director, and uh, so Samantha and I were talking a couple weeks ago about how we really should do an episode dedicated to the working woman, and we got so excited about all of the topics um, that we could do and cover, and how it could really be of help to people. Uh, in our industry. And so we are going to make this a series. And I've reached out to a few women in our industry that I know are juggling big jobs um, in every aspect of their lives and every facet. And how do you be successful at doing it all? Um, It's a hot topic. So Samantha or Sam, I'm going to go back to Sam. Um, Tell us, you, after we talked, you got excited. You put a little blurb out there on LinkedIn. Tell us what happened. Yeah, so I had a post on LinkedIn, and then also I carried it through to my Facebook, and a bunch of my friends and followers just came in and commented about how excited they were for this content, and it really just got me even more excited about our conversation because there's so many times that I sit in a room with business professionals like like you, Joe, where you have these amazing conversations. And I always think like, how fun would it be if everybody could hear this conversation? Because I just feel like it would be so much encouragement that, that you're not alone, right? right. That, you're, that you're not the only person who battles with these things or has had to, had to deal with. Now, obviously everybody's situations are gonna be a little different in their structure, but overall, a lot of the issues that, that I end up speaking with uh, my friends about in industry and business owning and those kind of things are things that, I, I mean, every mom is dealing with or every business owner is dealing with. And so I just, I was so excited when I saw the reaction that came back of the number of people that could not wait to get this content. <laughs> so, Absolutely. And so let's, let's to kind of back it up, um, tell us, just kind of tell us like your role. What is your role? I mean, we, we met you in our other podcast for Indesa, but we're going to use this in a different capacity. So let's kind of back up to square one. You are a wife, a mom, a CEO. Tell us a little bit about what a day in the life is so we can understand your perspective in, in how you're juggling all of this. Yeah, so for me, my story is um, I went to college to be a pilot, I married a pilot, and then we decided that both of us flying was probably not a good option for raising a family. Um, I still do uh, quite a bit in aviation. At the time, I was managing contracts as a supervisor um, for the station that, that I was in charge of here in Billings. 
And um, I did that for almost 18 years over a few different contracts. Um, and then I had this opportunity to buy this business. And so I quickly became a business owner, a CEO, a COO, a CFO, a, you know, all the hats that you have to wear as a business owner. And in the middle of that, I had a, an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, you know, and so trying to figure out how to be a a good mom and be a good business owner. And I had some experience in managing people, but also, you know, I had, I had my babies while I was working, uh, managing contracts, you know, there were times I was wearing coveralls, um, you know, on the ramp, eight or nine months pregnant with this huge belly out there, you know, waddling around on the ramp (laughs) trying to get stuff done. And so, you know, it was just funny stories that come out of that and most of the industries that I have been in before I got to um, drug and alcohol testing, uh, they were male dominated. And so some of the things that I've, I have might be a little specific to my, what I do and, and those things. But I do think it is good for um, all of us to understand, you know, that balance of, of family and work and finding good ways to be able to balance that to where, you know, people for so long, they, I would tell them what I do, all the things I do. And I felt almost kind of embarrassed telling people all the things I do, because it meant that I was not good at any of them. And, and there's so many times in my life, I felt like that. Like I, I'm doing so many things. And there was something that was like an internal, internal thought to you. Yeah. Like I'm not doing any of this well. I'm just doing, I'm just doing all of this, you know, like, and who, and what mom, I mean, I don't care what, what you do for your job. If you are a single mom, if you are, or if you're a a stay at home mom, if you are a a business owner, who's also a mom, if you are, you know, I mean, if you're a working mom, I am like, what mom hasn't ever sat and felt like, I don't know if I'm doing this well. (laughs) Like I, none I certainly have felt that. I know all of my my friends that are vulnerable with me are willing to admit that. Especially when you're spread really thin Mm -hmm. and, and you're just trying, you feel like you get to dip in and dip out, right? You, and you don't get to, um, like, I, I always have these visions of when my children are in school, I'm going to be the ultimate PTA mom. And, and that is what I will delight, you know, I will um, sort of dedicate my life to being the PTA mom. And the first time my kids were in a school that had a PTA, first of all, um, I jumped in. I was like, I'm going to be the president. Well, uh, there, we had trouble getting any other parents to come to the PTA, whatever. Um, it wasn't like what I always imagined. Um, it was a lot of hard work, which was fine. I, I don't mind hard work, but um, in the middle of that, um, we got into a life situation where I had to go to work full time and, uh, that what had not originally been the plan. I had always done stuff, you know, I'd done things, committees, volunteer work, planning events, this, that, and the other, but all of a sudden, um, now I'm a full-time working mom and trying to manage PTO. And I'm like, what in the world did I do? What was I thinking? And it was hard to get volunteers there, blah, blah, blah. But but at the end of the day, I remember that exact feeling of I, I wanted to be all in on that. I wanted to be all in on work so that I could succeed. I wanted to be all in and, you know, the church activities that I was doing where I was the, the event planner. I wanted to be all in on sitting down and playing with my kids. Um, and, and every one of my mantras has kind of become um, you 
you can almost never offend me unless you waste my time because <laughs> time is my most precious commodity. Oh, yes. You know, yeah, me I, too. I actually, I've said that exact same thing. Like, I just hate it when people waste my time. Um, you know, actually, I find myself running right up to, you know, like on time is late kind of. Thing. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm always like the on time is mm-hmm. late or almost late, or sometimes right. I am late um, because if I get somewhere 10 minutes early, my brain is going like, oh, that's 10 more minutes. I would have had to do this. I do thing. the same thing. I do the same thing. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I do the same thing. And it, it, it really was a thinking of like, um, you know, you have to squeeze every moment out of every moment. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you end up with five, it's like, how did I miscalculate? What is missing? What did I lack? What did I, do? <laughs> what did I where should I put that? You know, only so many hours in the day, you know, That's right. so, <laughs> when, you start, when you have a math brain, like I do, you start breaking those down. You're like, dang it. I just lost. Yeah. <laughs> I just lost a 60th of my day, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so you've gone from the flight line to now a more of a CEO role, although you're still doing those things as well. But now your children are older. You've got a senior in high school, right? I do. Yeah. My daughter is a senior this year. She'll graduate in May and we're doing all of the college things, you know, like trying to figure out how to fill out a FAFSA for, for, for the other moms that are in that, that boat. I'm sorry. I'll just give you a little piece of free advice. Don't put that FAFSA application in your name. I thanks. I was, I was literally at the registrar's office in the fall and there was a family in front of me standing in line and the, the, the person behind the counter said, well, this, this application is for financial aid for, you know, like Janet and the, the young man that was standing there trying to get into college is like, no, that's my mom. I'm, you know, Michael. And he goes, well, then why did Janet put her name all over your FAFSA? And mom was standing behind him and she's like, sorry, I was just trying to help fill it out. And he's like, well, you, it looks like you're trying to enroll in college. Yeah. I think they, they, I think they have figured that out actually. And there's a button you click that says I'm a parent filling this out for my child now. So, you know, they did fix it by putting in a button. There's a lot Good. of other things that are a headache still about that site, but <laughs> so then we're doing those things. We're, you yeah. know, helping her apply for college and, and you know, you guys, I mean, just a lot of you that are listening know my family and, and know my children and, and um, have really encouraged me um, in raising kids. And, um, and so one of those things that has just been so rewarding is to get to this spot and see all of the hard work we've put in parenting this amazing young lady and having so many people recognize how amazing she is, you know, and just, and being so encouraging back to us about that. So that's such a great feeling. It is as a mom. I mean, I just literally yesterday, I got to tell my daughter three different times in three different ways, you know, how proud we are of her and how, you know, um, how well-spoken she is and, you know, just those kind of things. So that's been really a rewarding piece. You moms that are in the thick of it, trying to raise kids and you feel like all you are doing is nagging and correcting and disciplining, keep after it because it will pay off in the days to come when you get to sit back and watch your child just be a delight for the world to enjoy, you know, mm-hmm. and then we, and we're still parenting. I'm still trying to learn how to parent an adult, you know, sure. and so, but, um, but just being able to sit back and just watch 
the world delight in this little human that is is about she's a force this one is going to be a force for the world you know and so um we're excited to watch what's going to happen with her and i have a 15 year old son who also is it's been so fun to watch his personality and his he's tender-hearted and loves um, people so much that um, I can really relate with him on that. And so it's been really fun to watch that piece come out of him and just be really encouraged about what, you know, the world is going to do um, with him when he, when he enters, you know, adulthood sure. and, um, you know, and, and we're believers, what, uh, you know, uh, yeah. what, what God is going to do with, yes. um, with our children and, and uh, you know, how he's going to use them to impact um, his kingdom. And so yes. that's, that's just amazing for me as a mom. And, and just hopefully I can offer some encouragement for, for those of you that have littles. I know the days are long and right. the years are short and, um, and, you know, it's, it's when you're in the thick of it, it's hard to see that light that is there at the end of the tunnel, but just keep pressing on. You'll get there. Um, it's so you know. true. Yeah, <laughs> I love the way that you're, you are articulating that because um, something that I've been saying to my three children, all that are all now parents is um, when you're having that day where you just feel like, Oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? This is so crazy. And it's so hard. <clears throat> I know my daughter had one of those days yesterday where I could just tell something was off. I was out of the office for a bit and her, her blessed little sweet little 12 month old was just going bananas, bonkers bananas yesterday. Um, I don't know what, what was going on, but she was like, someone wound her up and set her free. Yes. <laughs> it awesome. was through, And uh, <laughs> so I came home and and uh, I, I could just see like, the, like she was just deflated. And I said, what's going on? And she said, today, I feel like I'm failing at everything. Hmm. And that's that feeling that you're talking about. And, and yes. when she had her baby shower, I wrote in a, in a message to her, like, when you're having that day, I want to be the one that reminds you that next thing you know, they're graduating from high school and off to college. It's just over like that. And you just wish you had every one of those moments back yeah. um, because they go by so fast, but that that's a perspective you and I get the luxury of seeing when you've got the one-year-old or the four-year-old, the two-year-old, the seven-year-old, that's not always the 12-year-old. The 15-year-old. It's not always that easy. Um, so for sure, we, we definitely want to encourage you that it, it, um, there is a reward there for sure. That's just beyond words and stick with it. But in the meantime, in the meantime, um, for those moms that are working and they are having those days and they're trying to manage it all, what kind of advice and wisdom do you have to offer? How did you cope? How did you get through it? Well, there were some things I had to kind of just realize I was going to have to table, you know, like, um, there, there is a season for everything. And so, um, you know, I, I would always get that kind of, you know, that wait, you have kids kind of a deal or wait, you own a business, you know, like that, that thought that you can't be good at both, obviously, but the way to be good at both is to realize that you, you, you have to put them on the same plane. Right. So, so they, they each need my time and there are certain things that are just going to have to wait. I have never served on PTA. 
And so I just knew it was something I did not have time for. And I also knew how my wiring is, my leadership ability. I would feel like I'd have to run everything. I would feel like I had to be in charge. I would take too much on. I say yes to too many things. So PTA is something I kind of stayed far away from. Let me, just, let me just tell you something. I have so much respect for that. I did not know myself well enough at that time to understand that about myself. Now I do. Yes, right. Now, yeah. And I was like, you know, if, if I'm going to take it on and then feel like I have to manage it all. And, and yes. those, it was just one of those things that I didn't feel like being on PTA was something that was going to help me connect better with my children. Um, it was, it was one of those, like, if I'm going to have that time, I'm going to do something like play dates at the park that would be self-care for me because I was meeting with another mom. Um, one of my very best friends who I have done life with has two sets of twins, the same age as my kids. And so, yeah, so she has boy girl sets. They're two and a half years apart. And we met when I was pregnant with my daughter and she was pregnant with her first set of twins. We met in birthing class. And wow. so, and we had this friendship that was birthed out of that. And we would go, we found out we lived not far from each other and we would go do park play dates and we would let the kids play together. And so our kids have been friends. And so then our, when she, she got pregnant with her second set of twins, I was pregnant with my son at the same time. And so our kids are literally um, a month apart in the first set and two weeks apart in the second set. And so so we would take them places and people thought we had two sets of triplets. Right. <laughs> so we're like, oh no, only a third of these kids belong to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I was like, oh man, my my friend Kim, she is a saint. I and she she will be embarrassed that I said that, but um she <laughs> is she just the way that her and her husband have managed their business owners as well, and the way that they have managed running their business and managing their family and being being dealt those cards of two sets of twins in two and a half years is that's a lot to do together. And so that's a lot. And, and, you know, I, I like what you said, and it's, it's just so true. You have to know your limitations. You didn't say it in those words, but know your, your strengths, your weaknesses, what you want to do, um, what's important to you and, and your limitations. And I, I have so much admiration and I, I mean, I said it jokingly, but also really seriously, um, I didn't realize until I was probably, I want to say maybe well into my forties that if I get in a group of people, I, I lead it and it, it's not something I'm trying to do. It's just my nature. Yeah. Um, I, I see clear solutions. I see directions and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's what ends up happening. Well, um, I didn't recognize that in myself as a young woman. And so as a new mom, in my mind, PTA was a way to sit in the classroom, go to school with my kids and read stories to them during the daytime. I had such an unrealistic, uh, you know, <laughs> idea of what that really meant. And, um, and it was, so, it would just, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity because I learned a lot, but at the same time, it, that is 
really, I should have just asked the teacher, can I come read stories? Yes. Uh, my friend, uh, Heather, who works for me, that she spent a lot of time um, in the classroom helping right. with the teachers and the teachers need the help. And so right. that was a better connection tool for her. Right. To so be, no, no the friends. Yeah. Yes. And that actually is one of the biggest advice pieces that I would say is, you know, both in work and in life and in raising children and everything is when you're going to make a commitment, make sure you know what you're committing to, because I found myself so many times saying yes to things because I thought it was the right answer. And then finding out that I was stretching myself so thin that it wasn't the right answer. Like exactly. the right answer would have been a good no. And, and being okay with saying no to some things, Amen. you know, oh, yes. you are preaching right now. Yeah. Yes. So, and, and, it, and I'm a yes girl. So yes. I'm a people pleaser. Absolutely. I liked, I like people to be happy. I'm a helper. I am yeah. an Enneagram too, if you know anything about that, you know, so that is my label. I am, the, I am the helper. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so I'm like, that just actually kind of fills me up to be needed and to help people and to say yes, when people ask me, but I, um, a friend of mine recently stated this statement and it's been sticking with me and hopefully it'll encourage somebody else. Um, I was told my whole life, you can be anything. You can be anything. You can do anything. You know, I had parents that, uh, that were really just, they didn't limit me, even though they couldn't provide a lot of, you know, financial support and things like that. They never once said, you can't do that. You, you know, you can't go to college. You know, nobody in our family has ever gone to college, you know, those kind of things. Like they were always there. Like you can do anything. Um, but what I had to learn for myself out of that was um, I can be anything, but I can't be everything. And right. so I have to be really intentional about what things I'm going to devote my time to. You know, right. am I going to be a good mom? Am I going to be a good business owner? Am I going to be a good, um, you know, uh, serve well at my church? Am I going to, you know, like all of these things when you start laying it out? And I started to get really good about giving um, thought and investigation to what I say yes to, to make sure I could be good at it so that I wasn't sitting on the backside of it going like, I'm not good at anything. I am not, I'm doing nothing well. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and that's your perspective. You're doing nothing well. The reality of it is you very much are doing a lot of things very, very well, but to your mind, you could probably be doing a few of them much better. Much better. Bit, yeah. Right. Yes. Um, and I, it, it's, I love it. I love it that you have said this and what a gift your parents gave to you. That's a beautiful thing. Mm. I come at it. We landed in almost the same exact place from an opposite background where um, my, my background is so different. I'm not going to get into it, but, but my parents trained me that my options were limited. Mm. Um, you can't be anything. You can't do most things. <laughs> and oh. it, was, it, it was a, it was a different um, religious point of view of a woman's role. Okay. Yes. So it was very much in a box. All right. Um, it wasn't, they weren't trying to damage me. That's just, that was their belief yeah. at the time, but how they, how the lesson came through for me and I ended up in the same place was they were big on service, especially in the church. And so my dad's, my dad's philosophy was never say no, which is dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, um, but where it kind of, it kind of did a little flip-flop for me was, um, can you, you know, you're 13 years old. Can you mind the nursery? Can you 
play the piano in dirt on Sunday? Uh, what? Um, can you, you know, can you teach um, these girls at summer camp? Can you this can? And so it was yes, 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 yes. And you know, that can, it can be dangerous because you can get to a point of burnout and be doing things you should have no business to be doing or whatever. I have a lot of therapeutic conversations with this to this day, <laughs> but, um, but then as I became a new mom, once I had three kids and, and I, I don't want to say brand new mom, uh, my kids are three years apart. So there were six, three and one, um, I was in a church Bible study group for parents and the mentor couple that, you know, their kids were grown, um, they recognized this in me. Mm-hmm. And I remember this man's name is Dave Schulteis. I have no idea where he is to this day. Lost track of him, but um, he <laughs> would stare, hears this. <laughs> yeah, he would stand <laughs> me in front of a mirror and and make me say no. See, he, uh. he's like, and he would ask me to do these wonderful things, you know, like, would you do this? And, you know, it's like role play scenarios. And I like my mouth would be wanting to go, sure. Yeah. I can do that. I mean, I there was nothing I felt like I couldn't do for the exact opposite reason that you said. Yes. Like, well, mm-hmm. knowing knowing you and your personality, I'm sure you were like challenge accepted. I can exactly. do it. <laughs> exactly. So yes. we it's funny how we arrived at the same place in almost like polar opposite ways, but you're right, like learning to go. Oh, I have to let someone else do that. I just cannot, my plate is full and and it's going to be a lifelong struggle for me. Um, but to the moms and wives and CEOs out there that are, um, struggling with too much on their plate, it's okay to give someone else the blessing of seeing that they can accomplish a task. Yes. So that actually made me a better manager of people. Once, once I had children and I realized I can't do everything by myself, it made me a better manager. manager. Honestly, it, it, it forced me to delegate. I was a horrible micromanager and, and, you know, maybe even some of my employees would say today that I, I tend to be in the middle of things I don't need to be in the middle of. But um, I have let go of so much because I just had to realize I can't do it all myself. And so, and you have to trust people that, that, that they can do it. And, and that was both in my personal life, but then also in my work life. And so they might not do it the way I would do it, but right. did it get done? Right? right. And so, and I have an amazing husband and if, and I, I you know, I, 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 without having that, it would be really, really hard to do all of the things that I get to say yes to is because I do have an amazing husband who is very supportive and, um, and we are a team. And so that is, that has been a real blessing to me. Yeah. And, um, so he allows me to be able to do a lot of things, but then also he, he helps keep me in check on like, is that a good yes? You know, like those kind of things, like I get to kind of run that through him and help, help, help weigh that out. We're actually in a season of that right now. Cause I'm feeling, you know, launching podcasts and, and growing a business and, uh, you know, raising teenagers and all of this stuff that we're going like, okay, well, what areas together are we going right. to protect? Um, but one of the things that I learned, even like as a mom, 
who, especially with a traveling husband, he would come home and I would just be so busy doing everything. I'm like, I got to do it. I have to, you're not here all the time. So you don't know how I do. I'm the mom. It's my job to do these things. And it was so much more freeing when I realized I'm like, you know, my husband's a very competent man. And so, you know, when he would come home and he would offer to help, it was okay for me to be like, yeah, here, you take them, you know, they're, they're going to need a bath and they're going to need some food at some point tonight. You figure that out, you know, know, (laughs) um, that that reminds me of uh, where I live in Colorado Springs. We have five military bases. Mm. And I remember talking to um, a lot of moms along the way who um, particularly Fort Carson is a base where guys are getting deployed. Um, Mm -hmm. Military personnel are getting deployed out of Fort Carson a lot. Um, And there's a lot of special forces there. And so they, especially, um, you know, a lot of them going to Afghanistan and that area for however long, a year or two or having six deployments in five years, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would hear a lot from those moms that, um, or wives, you know, whatever we're saying, women, um, that when he would come, she had life going, managing it, mm-hmm. running it. You know, this is my life. I chose it. I knew it was coming, but I got this down pat. And then he walks back in and she's like, oh, you know, he's throwing a wrench into everything. I know how to do this. I know how to keep it going. And, um, a lot of them had kind of got into some support groups to go, how do you allow your husband to reintegrate into the home? He's been over there commanding. Uh He's been over there, you know, doing these amazing things. And then he comes back home and is made to feel useless, like a father, like he's interrupting your flow. You're happy to see him, but a little more annoyed that he thinks he knows what's going on here, you know? Yeah. uh, For those who are working, it does not have to be that situation as you just mentioned, but how do we work as a team? How do we let, and as women, you know, particularly when we are managing a household, we want it done this way. (laughs) Yeah. I had two really important things happen in my life. Um, early on with kids, um, I, um, my husband came home one time and in the middle of an argument, he said, I'm sick of feeling like a stranger in my own house. And, um, it was one of those where I just wasn't, I was mad at him all the time for all of the extra stuff I was having to do. And he, he wasn't helping, but you know, I'm like, well, why should I have to ask him to help? You know, like that kind of a, you know, he should just know, you know, and, and, and I'm like, but I couldn't walk into his job and just know what I needed to do. And so when he would come into the house, it was one of those, it was like, well, I shouldn't have to ask you, you should just know, and you should know how I do it. And you should do it like I do it. And, you know, one of those things. And, And he was going like, I'm coming home and I feel like a stranger in our house. I, I feel really disconnected from our family. I think you just hit on something that breaks up marriages, Sam. Yeah, I especially really people, do. people who t- have traveling and, you know, all of, and working and, and, and all of the things that we're doing now, you know, but even, even like as a stay-at-home mom, I actually, one of the, uh, the other thing that happened was that, you know, that conversation with my husband, but then I had a pastor um, who was uh, at the, I was working at our church uh, before I bought this business. And um, I just walked into a conversation that was just a well-timed conversation 
conversation for me to crash in the middle of. And um, this, the, the marriage pastor was talking about how he counsels couples. And um, he's always taken back that the, the, the wife feels like they shouldn't have to ask for help. And, you know, he's going, but wait, if you were to show up at your husband's office, would you know exactly what needed to happen and when it needed to happen and how it needed to happen? Would you just be able to jump in and take it over? You know, cause like you are the one who is running the household. And when he gets home from work, don't be offended if you have to say, Hey, the kids are going to need a bath and dinner at some spot. Here's what, here's where it is. You know, if you need help, ask me, but you figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're capable, <laughs> you know, you manage uh, an airplane at 40,000 feet, you know, right. and like, right. you can obviously manage getting our two-year-old dinner and a bath, you know, like those, those were things that was so impactful. And honestly, um, one of uh, the things that I learned very quickly is the more that I respected my husband in those areas where I wasn't constantly treating him like he didn't know what he was doing. Um, I was respecting him, his intelligence, his capabilities, you know, how he's wired and, and, and feeding off of that, the more he felt loved, you know, because that's, that's, that's actually just something that, that speaks to my husband, that, that respect piece and, and honoring that for him. He's a military guy, you know, he, he came out, he's quite capable. You could put him in a field somewhere and he could survive for months on his own, you know, I know I was, I was, I was telling you earlier, I was asked this hilarious question of if you were stranded on an Island, what three things would you bring? And I was like, well, I bring my family, which includes my husband, um, you know, obviously. And so, and then I'd bring my Bible, maybe I'd have time to read it more. Um, and uh, I bring my pillow and, and the guy who was asking the question, he's like, you wouldn't bring anything for survival. And I was like, well, duh, I brought my husband. That's his job. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, this is a vacation stranded on an island with my husband right. doing all the work. <laughs> you know, I think that um, I do hear this really a lot. That's terrible grammar, but I hear this a lot from young couples in my life. It is that it's the number one fight of the chores not being equal and the child rearing not being equal. And um, in today's culture, as we're really having a lot of conversation about gender roles and responsibilities and this and that, and, and it does seem like, you know, we've gone through some seismic shifts in gender roles. Not all of them have been negative. Not all of them have been positive, in my personal opinion. But that having been said, I, I do think it's better for the children when mom and dad are both involved, engaged, and, and sharing yeah. the responsibilities. But it is this, this is why I said what you mentioning this breaks up marriages, because I hear from the young women all the time, if he doesn't start helping, I'm done, like I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. But the way I look at it, and, and this comes from, a, again, a different upbringing is I I was brought up being trained to be a wife and a mother, not necessarily CEO. Some women were raised that way. I was not, Uh but men, boys are mostly raised to grow up and learn how to be something to support. And so in their purview, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm fulfilling my purpose. If I'm going to work every day, that's my job. Um, We don't spend a lot of time teaching our, our young men 
um, the role of husband, father. Mm. And so the wife does teach. Yeah. It is, it does fall to her to, yeah. you know, I, and it's, I feel like we're getting better at that. Um, I, I, yeah, I think, I think it's being modeled better. Um, yeah. From the, the marriages that are happening now and the way that like my son will totally understand that he has a role both in the house and as a provider role. And yeah. so I, I don't worry about that at all. And my daughter will understand that she can be anything and do anything she wants to do and still be able to be good at managing a family if she chooses to do that. And so um, one of the, the, as a side note, one of the Facebook posts that was the most meaningful um, my son came onto my Facebook post and he said, that's my mom. And he had the little mind blown emoji um, on the bottom of the, you know, the, uh, the post that he was rolling up. And then he put, I love my mom in all caps. And the fact that he could post that was probably the best compliment on that post because For I was, sure. I'm, I'm advocating that you can do both well. And the fact that my 15 year old son can come out publicly and put out, I love my mom. Yeah. And it's mind blowing that he is, he's going like, I know her as mom. But when I see her as business owner, as CEO, as, you know, all of these other things that we do in this business and, and, and the and stuff say, that we have I'm to manage so proud of her. and kind of just be like, yeah. and, and I love my mom, you know? And so I was like, that was just one of the best compliments that I could have received that on that post because, you know, it's so genuine from him and, you know, and I hope it's encouraging to the moms that are listening is, you know, that, that because we are allowing um, space for women to be in, in these roles, right. You know, it's, 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 I, I, most of the people that I interact with now are at least working moms, um, you know, or, you know, and honestly, like I have said, I, I don't know that I would have been a good stay at home mom. Um, you know, I'm like just the way that I'm wired and the stuff that I, I needed to do and working to me was something that was just ingrained. Um, I, you know, I, I, I have so much uh, respect for stay-at-home moms, and um, you know, and just what they 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 do on a daily basis because I get it. Like I know, and and actually, going to work for me at times was a break. You know, it was like, you know, and I, I almost think we need a different terminology for stay-at-home mom because when I'm thinking about it, um, I got I got to quote unquote be a stay-at-home mom for I want to say three years, I believe. Um, and then when it came to the point where I had to go to work full time, um, <laughs> everybody said to me, how are you going to have time for that? <laughs> because <laughs> I was, I was never home. I was always, I mean, go, 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 go. And that is reality. Yes. And I think when we think stay at home mom, we kind of think of that. I don't know, some picture we have in our mind of like Carol Brady. She Was she ever out of the house? I don't think we ever saw her out of the house, you know? So we have that picture of, uh, you know, um, Beaver Cleaver's mom, June Cleaver, that they're just always dusting or hanging out or whatever. They Carol never dusted. She had Alice. I don't know. But we, we have that, you know, we didn't see the reality of taking the kids here and taking them there and going, you know, like the, what a quote, stay-at-home mom does, it has nothing to do with staying at home, you know, right, they, they wish yes. they were stay-at-home moms too, yes, <laughs> and you know, Joe, I think you should tell your story about when 
you entered the workforce, how you were instructed to make that role that you had been oh doing, yeah. um, you know, sound different on your application, when, yes. you know, like that, that wasn't, it wasn't okay to say, I've stay been home. a stay at home mom, I've been yeah. raising my family. And, you know, and now I do think that there has been a culture shift that, that people would be a lot more um, right. accepting of that. More, but, yeah. I, but when you made that, that shift, yeah, I was, I was um, applying for a job and they needed a resume and um, they wanted me, we already knew that, but they had to have a resume on file. I, I didn't have one. And um, so the, the person that was helping me put the resume together said, well, let's try to figure out ways to make stay at home mom sound like you were doing executive functions. And so they were they were giving me all of this language, like um, it, it sounded like you were applying work duties to these domestic goddess kind of activities. <laughs> and after I sat there listening to it for a minute and thought, this is the weirdest conversation I've ever had, <laughs> you know, because then I started, I remember so clearly sitting back and going, I have been managing women's ministries at my church for the last five years and planning events for thousands of women. I've, you know, I started getting into all of the things that I was doing. Um, I was running an in-home daycare. I, you know, I, I had always, like you said, I just, um, sitting on the couch watching Sesame Street with my children was never how I was a mom ever. Um, we were out in the world. Uh, my, my kids and I went and volunteered for political campaigns and stuffed envelopes all three of them sitting there next to me, you know, we did things together. Um, and so I used that language to say, I've been doing stuff <laughs> and, and it's been really amazing. And it's, yes. Okay. And yeah. honestly, and, and even if sitting on the couch, watching Sesame street with your kids, you know, mm -hmm. you're doing stuff, you're, yeah. you're yeah. investing in little, in little yes. people. And I'm managing and three staff. <laughs> yeah, you, you did. You said to me out of our last conversation, something that stuck with me that I think everybody should hear. And that um, managing little people is not that much different than managing big people. <laughs> and so, you know, like you have, you have similar issues and things yeah. like that that you have to worry about. Like, obviously, yes. the, you know, the ages are different, but, you know, yeah, great guidance and, I you know, just, the delegation. Work a little different, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yes, yes, right. Hopefully none of my employees are going to pick up their toy and throw it at somebody. Right. <laughs> like, but, but there are things that, you know, it's like, yeah, those those leadership skills uh, apply to both sides and and actually can make you good at both. You know, like yeah. that, that was actually the initial intent of that post was like, yeah, you can do both and you can be good at both. That's you know, right. you, you, you can um, be successful in your um, business and you can raise a family successfully. Um, but one of the things that I think, too, and we do have to acknowledge is um, because they're happening simultaneously, you you will do it slower on both sides. Right. Like Definitely. there's like so there are things that I, I wasn't a PTA mom. I, um, I actually, there are certain volunteer functions at my kids' school that I just can't and, and don't do. Mm -hmm. um, there are things that I do, 
do. And I try to just make them really value, like I'll host team dinners and things like that, where I really get to interact with my kids and their friends and get to know them really well. But, um, you know, some of those other task driven things, I kind of try to stay away from because I'm, I'm, I'm tasking all the time at my job, you know, and so I don't really want the time that I'm investing in my family to feel like a task because that's, that's what I'm doing at, at my work. Um, but then also acknowledging that climbing the corporate ladder is likely going to be slower because I'm also devoting time back to my family. And so there are, there are things that I just have to table. Like, yes, eventually I would like to start this project or yes, eventually I would like to tackle this big client. Um, but just giving yourself the space that you don't have to do it all right now and that they're balancing that focus between you know family growth and business growth and you know and being able to manage that and so just moms that are listening give yourself the space and be okay with the fact that um, you might be watching somebody go gangbusters and grow their business at crazy rates and they might have a family too you know and that that might be how it just works out for them but I know for me things didn't happen as quickly as I wanted them to because I was being pulled in different directions and, and it's okay. Like, it's like okay. yeah, it was just, it was just, once I got my brain around the fact that it was okay to give a season for that, that, you know, um, the business growth that we've had over the years has been steady, but you know, I, it's not doubled every year. And certainly I would want my business growth of, uh, of my gross income to double every year, you know, right. right. <laughs> you know, and then, and then when it goes a little slower, you're, it doesn't mean you're failing. It just means your journey is different. So yeah. what I did is I boiled down our conversation into four key takeaways because, you know, got to be efficient. Yep. And um, we're getting to that time, actually. We've been time. talking for a while. Takeaways for me were um, know your limitations. It's okay to say no. Um, ask for help, uh, you know, and you may have to help others learn how to help you, but that's okay. You can delegate. Um, acknowledge your success, know your gifts, know your talents, be okay with what you're good at, but acknowledge the success that you've had. And, and it's okay to say, you know what, I really am doing a good job. Yes. And then lastly, be patient on the journey. Mm -hmm. It not happen as fast as you put it to paper, but it's happening and you're on the road and it's progress, not perfection. Yes. Uh, one of the things that I hope would help all of the people listening is that, you know, we talk a lot about self-care and, and if you're wired like me, self-care is the bottom of my priorities, yeah. you know? And yeah. so, you know, I know, I know you and I have a lot in common. And so, um, and, and just moms in general, we kind of feel like we have to put our self-care last. Um, but to me, my biggest piece of self-care was being self-aware and knowing to me what actually is, are things that actually fill my cup and, and being able to say yes to those things and not so much just being a people pleaser and saying yes to make everybody else happy, but knowing that, um, that self-aware piece and that comes, I, I mentioned it a, a couple of times and it comes out of knowing my love language and it comes out of knowing my Enneagram and how is my personality type and how am I wired and what, you know, and, and learning those things about how to help the people in my life a little bit better. Those are all things I've been working on because I think it's, there's so much value in that self-awareness piece. Oh, yeah. like, I can't care for myself well, if I don't know what I need. 
Exactly. Someone said to me the other day, you know, Joe, not everybody loves going to the spa. And I was like, Ooh, that is such a good point. I mean, for yeah. me, self-care um, looks completely different. It sometimes it is still doing work that I choose to do around my house in a different way with nobody like bothering me and it fills me up and it makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that I'm some kind of crazy people used to really dog on me for being a workaholic, Like you know, that is such a bad thing. You have to stop that. You have to stop that. I'm wired. And I learned, I just have such a different perspective now at this age, watching my dad, who is 78, try to sit still and do nothing is pure torture. He breaks out in hives. Oh my goodness. He has to be doing something. You give him a project. He's happy. He's relaxed. He's fun. He's enjoying it. You try to make him sit still and he's, he'll drive you and everyone else crazy, you know? So, so I, I went, I looked at that and went, that's what I'm like. And that's not, it's not a bad quality. It's, there's a whole bunch of us out there that are, and that's okay. Yeah. um, So self-care can look completely different. Sometimes self-care for me is just being able to jump in my car and take a road trip. And I drive all the time. I mean, I drive all the time in, in my business, you know, I, but there are times when it's like, I just, you know, I just need a few minutes to myself to, phone calls. <laughs> to listen, yeah, to listen to my playlist. You know, I have a playlist that's called my new mood playlist. Yeah. And, and so if I'm in a kind of a funk, sometimes just getting in the car and playing my new mood playlist right. is, is all I need. And it doesn't have to be a long time. And honestly, yeah. sometimes I don't even have to leave the driveway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. you know, and I'm not really somebody who likes to have a lot of alone time. So for me, actually, um, it's, it's one of those that it's, um, like being around people and connecting with people. A lot of time, my self-care looks like work. I'm connecting with people. I'm going to have coffees. I'm having um, dinner with a friend or I'm having lunch yeah. with a friend. Like that's self-care for me. That is, that's me making space. Letting, letting yourself go to the chamber lunch or the, you know, women's lunch or whatever um, yeah. is like that moment where you're stepping away from the busyness, but you, you're still enjoying it. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell us really briefly about your new podcast, because we want to cross uh, pollinate <laughs> this episode. And so I want you to be able to share about what you're doing with your new podcast. Well, thank you. Yes. One of the things that um, just really came to light, my daughter and I have talked for years about having a podcast where people get to listen in on these awesome conversations like you and I have. And um, I have great conversations with um, even uh, my friend, Heather, who comes to work with me and we sit and work back to back and we have these great conversations. And I always think like, it'd be so great if people could listen into this and feel encouraged um, that you're not the only one in this boat, you know, like, I, I think at times we kind of isolate the, the issues that we're dealing with and feel like we're the only ones that are battling those issues. And maybe they might lo- not look exactly the same in structure, but they, you know, they do, they're similar, you know, like um, I'm having a hard time finding space and time for all of the things I do, or I'm having a hard time connecting with my husband, or I'm having a hard time, you know, like all these things. And um, I just felt like it would be really great if we had a platform for people to be able to listen to those conversations. So I will be launching a podcast called Encouragement, Courage is all caps, um, offering courage uh, to people who, you know, just need to 
just be encouraged that we are a lot alike, that we all battle these same things and, and we can connect on these levels um, and be able to just hopefully get some validation that you're not alone in this life that we are all doing. And, um, you know, that, and hopefully just offer some help. I think for me, especially with younger children and a young family and a young business and all of those things, it just would have been a nice tool for me to have as well. And so we wanted to put that so out there. true. So yeah. true validation. You know, um, I remember one time I, um, I don't talk about this a whole lot in, in the professional world, but I was the women's ministry director of a very large mega church for many, many years in my community. And, um, I got, I got the opportunity to counsel a lot of women during those times, especially young moms. And, um, I remember sitting with a young mom in her living room and I hope I don't cry when I tell you this, but you can oh. use it. If you, I'm all, oh, please do cry. We're all crying. <laughs> But she was thinking about leaving her marriage and she had five beautiful children and they were, the three were banished to the outside on the other side of the sliding glass door while we were having this intense conversation. Two toddlers were running around and she said, I just, I thought I would have a happily ever after and, and this isn't it. And I remember sitting on the floor with her and I said, these Cheerios on your carpet these stains on your sofa, those three boys banging on the sliding glass door. This is happily ever after. You're just looking at it, you know, so differently. Yes. You want perfection. And these are perfect moments. Every one of them are perfect moments that, that you're not seeing because, you know, in, in her case, it was a Disney story that she was... Yeah looking for and Disney isn't real it's pretend for a reason and um, and I it just she came back to me years later and said um I I just had to learn to cherish the Cheerios on the carpet yeah and, yes you know, it was so so our lives are messy this is messy succeeding as a CEO a mom a wife everything that we're doing it's messy yeah, it is messy. And yes. at times it gets really messy. I know you know, yeah. it's like, oh man, I talk with other business owner friends and they're like, oh, this is what I'm having to deal with today. You know? And I'm like, oh goodness, you know, exactly. and like, it's beautiful yeah. and it's lovely and it's the roller coaster ride. And um, yes, so I well, so thank you for that nugget. Cause I think yeah. people, people really do need to, especially in this day and age with um, social media and the lens that we look at everything, it feels like, um, everything is either awesome, 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 or horribly bad, right? You know, like those are, that's the, the dichotomy of what's in my posts is, you know, I'm on vacation again, and I've got this, and I've got that, and I'm like, oh, I'm doing all these things, and it's everything's so wonderful, and then, or it's the other side of things are really horrible, and, you know, but, you know, just knowing that, that life, that being vulnerable with each other, and being able to be encouraged with the fact that, that there is all of this that happens in the middle of that, too, that's you know? right. And right. it's okay to be in that space. And so hopefully this podcast will help encourage For people sure. in that. Well, yeah. encouragement, let us know when it launches so that okay. we can promote it. And um, I'm just so, again, once again, just so thrilled to speak with you. And we, we have a few other 
of our female CEOs lined up to continue this conversation. I think it's going to be incredible, an incredible series and something that we're proud of. We didn't talk a lot about drug testing today, but it's in the whole mix of all of it is, and it's a primary component. Yes. Um, but if we don't take care of the people who are doing it, then, you know, what are we doing it for anyway? So that's right. Yes. Thank you so much for this time. Well, thank you. I'm excited to hear from some more, uh, you know, CEO moms that out there that have encouragement for me as well, you know, so that'll be so great. That's right. Um, and enjoy senior me. year. And it flies by. Enjoy every minute. Of yeah, it. we are. We're soaking it up every way we can. Good deal. Have a good one. And thanks again. And to our listeners, don't forget to like and subscribe and refer us to your friends. Even if they're not in the same industry as we are, there's gold here for everyone. We're glad you were with us today. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Indesa Members Memo. Subscribe to hear all of our podcasts and join Indesa to access all of our professional industry resources. Visit us at ndasa.com.